Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. On skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is an amazing day to be here with you, giving you value, and always listening to what it is that you're requesting, what it is that you're asking for, because we want to make sure that we deliver. Speaking of delivering, today's episode is actually based upon our listenership and what it is that you all have requested and want from us. I think that that's one of the beautiful things that we have about the show is that we really want to make sure that we attack or can offer to you what it is that you're requesting. So last week I posted on Instagram and I said, hey, who do you all want to see on the show? And we got different inquiries from people all across the world saying they want to see particular people on the show. And so I literally took that from Instagram questions and started to DM those people and say, hey, you're being requested to be a guest on the show. And voila, you know, those people, they responded. They said, oh, you know what? I'm being requested. Then let me make sure that I get it and that I can be there on the show. And so that's one of the beautiful things is that we love to have the engagement with you all and for everyone to be able to have their needs met. And today's show is absolutely no different. We have someone who inquired, people who are moving up in the corporate world and are looking to have their ambitions felt and fed. And so they asked, hey, how can I do X, Y, and Z? Can you please have a show based upon HR, human resources, and what it is that we should and should not be doing while interviewing? And can you tell us some ways that we can move our corporate career forward? And me, I'm saying, hey, I just did a training on this down in Memphis, Tennessee, in regards to how you can move your career forward and establishing your personal brand and realistically setting out for your career trajectory. And while I was there doing that, I created a list, of course, a top 10 list of things that I feel that we should do. But I also began to reach out to human resource professionals because I said, you know what, Kevin, you do know a lot of things and that's great, but you're not necessarily an expert in this particular field. So why don't we go ahead and tap some people who are experts and get them to chime in and answer some of these questions? Because we actually, in addition to getting the request, this particular person also sent a list of questions and other people start pouring in questions and questions and questions from different places saying, hey, well, how can we have these questions answered? And will your HR professional be able to provide information on this, this, this and this? And we were able to do so. So we have a person who's an expert. That gentleman will be coming on in the second half of the show. And I'm excited to have him on. And we just want to keep continue to move forward and make the show bigger, but be able to answer your needs. So if you have people who you feel like you want to see on the show and you want to have particular topics covered, then please chime in, write us, email us. You can hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram at CYL Series. You can DM me as well at Kevin Y. Brown. Let us know what it is that you need. Again, this is about creating your best life. I know we primarily cover entrepreneurship and travel and personal development, but a lot of our audience are professionals who are looking to make greater strides in their career fields. And sometimes they have questions in regards to millennial issues versus the information that may be out there that might be useful to older generations, for lack of a better term. So 
we're going to jump right in with, of course, my top 10 ways before we bring on this expert. But also, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on with me. Let's do a little bit of catch up. So this week coming up, I'm going to be at a huge podcast conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So looking forward to that. Be down there tomorrow. So it's going to be amazing. I think that what I've done is, you remember I did that episode a few weeks back about how to decide whether or not you want to be at a conference. It was called 10 Ways to Maximize Your Networking Efforts. And so I really want you to really do that before you go to any conference. Like for me, I had to say, hey, you know what? What are my objectives? What are my goals that I'm looking to accomplish while I'm here? And who am I looking to actually have coffee with, network with, et cetera, et cetera? And so I have my hit list and it's all about that hit list. Once I accomplish these particular things and I feel like it was a successful trip and I just want you all to approach every conference that you go to in the same regard. So that's happening. I just finished one of my biggest speaking engagements ever. It was a full day training, which was absolutely amazing. Got video testimonials from the people who were there. Those will be coming out online soon. So definitely have some great things happening in the speaking realm as well. So excited about things coming forward. And as you know, the big thing that's coming up is Africa. And so I am steadily working and planning around that to figure out exactly how we're going to do that and finalize all of the small details. You know, I have to give them vaccinations. I have to finalize my itinerary, connect with people in certain regions and places and really go ahead and say, hey, you know what? What is this new chapter? What does this look like? How are we going to make this happen? So I'm excited about it. I hope that you're excited about it because we'll be going on this journey together. This is what creating your life is about. It's about taking those chances and jumping out and being true to your word. I can't sit up here and tell you to create your life, create your life, create your life, and I'll not be doing the same thing. So let's move, let's grow, and let's become better and better and better. That being said, what I want to do is I want to cut to a quick musical break, and then we'll be back so that we can actually chat and discuss 10 ways to move your career forward that I have for you today. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, a podcast editing service that gives podcasters more time to be creative by handling the dirty work of editing and all of the behind the scenes work that podcasters hate. If you're a podcaster, check out our services and purchase a package today. Spend more time doing what you love and let Podcast Laundry do the dirty work for you. Visit podcastlaundry.com for more information. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back. Super excited to be here with you and give you these 10 ways in order to move your corporate career forward. So jumping right out. Number one, think and act a level above. So this is important because you do not want to be limited by your current title. You want to dream bigger, right? So you want to manage your current job and learn your boss's job. And then upon knowing your boss's job, you want to execute tasks for him or her to demonstrate that you are ready for the next level. If you work for a public company, listen in on the quarterly analyst calls and learn how the top company leaders think and respond to shareholder interests and concerns. And this I actually had a lot of these tips I actually learned by going ahead and having conversations with HR professionals. And this was a top one. And one of the HR professionals that I was discussing this with, he said that this has really helped. He's seen people move up in terms of titles due to the fact that they already knew how to do their boss's job. And so moving forward, when their boss needed someone to tap on as they progressed, then that person was immediately at top of mind. So I thought that was really, really important. Number two, be the resource. So what this really attest to and pertains to is building your skills and knowledge outside of your job. Your expert status industry-wide will serve you on opportunities to come. So attend industry conferences and engage with industry leaders on social media 
to add value and grow awareness of your expertise. And these relationships can be pivotal in your quest for sponsorship and career advancement. Now, we're going to get into that a bit in depth a little later on, but definitely it's super important for you to have mentors, of course, but you really want to have sponsors in your career. And I read an interesting statistic that only 23% of people will actually get a sponsor during the course of your career. So we really want to work hard and perform so that you can get to that level where someone wants to sponsor you. And the difference between a mentor and a sponsor is very simple. Mentors advise and sponsors act. Sponsor can really take you to that next level. Like I said, we'll get a bit further into that, but that's very, very important. And speaking with some other friends who have worked in the corporate world, they talked about how it's very hard in order to get a sponsor. And so I just think that that's important for you to keep in mind. And again, going back to that hit list and understanding who are the people that you want to be in contact with, who are some of the sponsors or the mentors who actually really help you to elevate. Understanding that and being able to move forward in the direction of your mission and what your plan is, is really what's going to set you apart from most things that are taking place as you continue to build and move forward in your career. Number three, dress for success. Now I'm going to say that again, dress for success. And you're not just dressing at the level that you're at. This doesn't mean that you need to spend a ton of money and things like that, but it means that you need to dress for the position that you want, not the one that you have. And I think a lot of times we miss the mark. And fellows, I want to speak to you specifically. One thing that's super important is for you to know the sizing of your clothes. You don't want your clothes to be too tight and you definitely don't want them to be loose. Right. So understanding your waist size, understanding your neck size, understanding your chest size and what colors are best and look good on you. All of these things, they matter. Pick a role model who dresses the way that you feel like you should at your job in that position that you want. How, do, how are they dressing? Can you match that? Not in terms of how much you spend, but really in terms of how you look. And that's what matters. So that's number three. Number four, know your company and your boss. So understanding the company's values and your boss's priorities while actively doing all you can to help them advance their priorities. This will incentivize them to award you with more responsibility and opportunities for the fast track to career advancement. So really knowing that company, knowing your boss. Remember, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Where I said sitting on those phone calls, sitting on those meetings, those extra meetings, that extra hour that it takes sitting in that meeting. You want to be present for the higher level conversations that are taking place because this is what's going to set you apart and make your life different. Most other people. So next one, keep your success records. I love this because I feel like a lot of times you have success amnesia. And if we personally have success amnesia, then what do you think other people have who have a whole other life going on, their whole position going on and things like that? Like your boss and your, your coworkers, they're going to have success amnesia for you. So it's going to be very important for you to keep your records and keep them abreast of what it is that you have accomplished and what it is that you are trying to do with your life. So when we're talking about keeping your success records, we're essentially saying, hey, record and file all of your achievements, especially those that align with broader company priorities. And really the key here is to find strategic ways to keep your sponsors, your boss and others informed of your achievements humbly so that your achievements are recognized as a successful leader beyond your responsibility. It's that important and it's that serious. So you really want to keep those success records going. Number six. Align yourself with the people and projects that have the highest levels of attention and expectation. So that means raising the bar for yourself personally immediately, right? And this is going to increase your visibility 
tremendously, but also it's going to help you stay abreast of which projects are being funded, who is in charge of those projects, and what priorities are high and which ones are low. So if you become a part of the high priority team, when that award comes out, when that recognition comes out, hey, look, you are in the mix. You are a part of that team and a part of that conglomerate who has made some things happen. And so you really want to be in those conversations. Number seven, express appreciation. And I know this sounds so simple, but seldom junior professionals articulate their gratitude for opportunities and guidance extended to them by more senior leaders. This particular person said, I learned the value of this one time when I saw our CEO walking through the atrium at lunch. He did not know me, but I thanked him for his weekly voicemails that I knew he intended to be informative and encouraging to the workforce. Not 30 minutes later, my boss told me the CEO had asked what my name was, and I realized my simple gesture of appreciation had left a positive impression. From that point forward, the CEO called me by name. So just think about that. Just making those small inklings or increments and just saying, hey, you know what? Thank you. Having gratitude is what matters and what is making a difference. So moving right along. Number eight, be altruistic. And that means help others learn and execute the knowledge that you have gained that will help your superiors see you as a leader and assist in managing resentment amongst your colleagues as you advance past them. So if you're cool with everybody and you're altruistic towards them, basically saying, that, hey, you know what, let me help you, this, that, and the other, then as those people all are working towards becoming better and making your strides in the company, then it's really going to make a difference that you help them and that you all have a great rapport when it's time for you to move forward in the company because they won't be resentful. Number nine, challenge the current thinking. I like this one because I think that it's important to be the person who seeks alternative ways of thinking, doing and being to break through current standards in your fear. So deliberate your ideas with your sponsor before bringing them to an outside audience. So again, talking about that sponsorship. And then innovation can serve as a significant factor in being invited to participate in projects and programs that require creativity within your firm which can also help to you to gain the recognition needed to advance in your career. Number 10, master time. To be 15 minutes early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late, and to be late is unacceptable. So showing up to work early, prepare for the day and ready to start before everyone else helps to earn a reputation as someone who is dependent on, which is an important distinction to career advancement. Y'all know how I am about time. I'm always here early. I'm pretty much everywhere early. So I think that that's super important. All right. Now, here's the truth. If I told you that I'll give you 10, then that means that I'm going to give you more. So here's number 11. Find a mentor and sponsors. So mentors are key figures who guide you through the working world. They're rarely seen guardian angels guiding your career and your life along. But sponsors, on the other hand, they play another kind of role. They're the ones actively advocating for your next promotion or raise. They're pulling you up through the ranks of a company or industry, making sure your name is brought up in closed door meetings. Again, I'll go back to the quote that I said, and this is by Sylvia Ann Hewlett. Mentors advise, sponsors act. Number 12, smile. And I say this one because I feel like it's super important. And I actually heard a VP of a Fortune 500 company say this. He said a great attitude will help your altitude. And he said that, People always remember that he's smiling and that he's always in a good mood. And he said that even before going into a tough meeting or what the day is going on, he puts on some music that helps him to really, really be able to master his mood and his attitude when he's going to be walking into certain environments and even walking into work in general. But he said, people always remember that I am always smiling. 
And I think that that is an absolute amazing thing. And that's something that we cannot take for granted. So always keep that spirit about you. So beautiful people, those are my 10 strategies for you to move forward in your corporate career. And so what we're going to do right now, we're going to cut to a quick musical break. And then I am going to pull our expert on and we are going to rock and roll with these questions that we have for our expert here today. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back. Just to let you know, today we have been covering 10 ways to move your corporate career forward, and we also have a special guest. So like I was telling you before, we got the 10 ways out the way, and we have this crazy amount of questions that have been flowing in via IG and everywhere else. So let me bring this guest on so that he can start answering and chipping away at these questions. So in case you didn't know or you haven't seen the Instagram post, this gentleman is a HR veteran. He's been in the industry for a while in terms of human resources. He's had the opportunity to work at a staffing agency, Creative Circle, and then he worked also in-house in HR for Verizon and is now on the advertising agency side at IPG Media Brand. So let's deep dive in, get your questions answered, and let's deliver this value to you so that you can move forward in your career. Create Your Life family, please welcome Mr. Chad Bennett. Chad, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. What's going on, Create Your Life family? Kevin, thank you. My pleasure. Dude, I'm super excited to have you in here. I just want to jump right in. Like I said, I've been getting question upon question upon question. We're up until the 20s with questions. I know we won't be able to get through all of them, but they've been pouring in. So here's a quick one. In an interview, is there a way to make up for a lack of experience? Great question. I think first and foremost, if you're in an interview, you're qualified to a certain degree, right? So I think the first thing everyone needs to do before they walk into that interview is get their confidence level to the highest possible. Because if you walk in and your confidence is not there, it is going to show. So I think that is the first thing that I want everyone to do is just make sure their confidence level is high. What do you suggest in terms of doing that? How can I get my confidence level high before going in? What would some of your strategies be? I think understanding the business, understanding the role that you're interviewing for, understanding the person that you're interviewing with, I think that's where the confidence starts. Being prepared, I think that is where you gain your confidence, right? It's like anything that you do, whether you're cooking, if you're preparing the food and you've read the instructions and you've done everything that you know you should do before you prep that food, you know that it should come out as a tasty meal. And the same Mm -hmm. applies to interviewing. Mm -hmm. You've prepped You've looked at the job description, you understand the business, you understand what they're doing, you have had a chance to review the people that you are interviewing with, and that is going to help establish your confidence. Okay, love it. Here's a real easy one for you, I know. Can you prepare a resume and cover letter without going to a professional, and what are your suggestions in doing so? Absolutely. I think the internet is our best friend. One of the tips that I like to tell candidates especially when I was in a staffing agency, is to ask your friends, ask the people, your mentors, ask the loved ones around you, ask what they're using. Don't be afraid to ask someone else for their resume, to to gain tips and ideas, for feedback. All those things are important. But I think for the internet is a great place to start. More importantly, LinkedIn is also a great place to just take a look at a profile to someone that's in the position that you're looking to get into mm-hmm. and look at how they're positioning themselves. I think at the end of the day, it's a position, right? Mm-hmm. It's about branding yourself. So you want to make sure that your resume is able to tell a story 
mm-hmm. when you're not in the room. Really, that's all a resume is. Right. It's a storyteller. So you want to make sure that you're able to gather information that's going to tell a clear story based upon what you've done historically and what you're looking to do moving forward. Okay. All right. I love that answer. Continuing to run on, man, uh, what types of questions do you feel like someone should be able to answer during an interview? And then also, I guess on the flip side of that, what kind of questions should one be asking as well? Because I've heard a long time ago that the interview doesn't start until you actually start asking questions. So tell me what your thoughts around that are. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. It's a two-way street. Interview is just not about you. It's about you understanding what the brand is doing. But I think a great place to start before you walk into an interview, no matter what industry, is to be prepared to answer situational questions. I think the reason why you're interviewing is because your resume was the gateway, right? So they've already reviewed your background. They understand you're qualified. Now they want to know how you think, and if you're capable of doing a job. And the only way to show that is by being able to answer situational questions. I think some hiring managers always want to start with, tell me about a time, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me about a time when you've done this, or you had these challenges, or you've had to work with this type of colleague. They want to understand how you think and how you're able to manage the business that you're interviewing for. Mm. Okay. Here's a really interesting one. If you're interviewing with the person or people who would be your supervisors, is there a way to get a feel for their management style without asking them flat out? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what I was just saying, right? Mm -hmm. If you know you do not like to be micromanaged, Mm -hmm. ask situational questions that might revolve around someone that's micromanaging. I think everyone that's listening, we've all had a micromanager before. We know that's not a great feeling, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, tell me about a time when you had to work on a project and it required a ton of feedback. Listen to how they're answering the questions. Listen to the tone in their voice. If they don't have the time to answer the question or they skip past it, that's another flag. You want to you want a manager that's going to be able to provide detailed feedback. And if they can't do that in an interview, then that is a red flag for you right then and there that this is something I might be running into when I'm on the job. Mm. And let's say you did run into that. You really wanted this position, but you figured out that your manager might not be as detailed as that. What are some of the ways that we could combat that or still make sure that we shine and that we progress in our careers, even though we have a non-detailed manager? Adjusting your style. You know, I think one thing that I noticed in today's time, businesses are looking for you to be a little bit of a chameleon. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to shift styles based upon the people that you are working around. So if you know for one manager that you're working with that they need a lot of information, then you have to understand that in the beginning. If you're working with someone that doesn't need as much information, they just need to get to the point then you need to learn that colleague style as well. So it's being able to shift and understand the people that you are working around and how you're able to manage that. And that's what's going to make you a great employee. Got you. Okay. So with that, what would you say are some neutral or non-job specific things that you can put on a resume when switching careers? And also how to best scope out if you would fit with the overall mission of the employer? Right. Oh, wow. That was a great question. If you're switching careers, 
my suggestion is to always put something that's relevant, right? Mm-hmm. If you're switching careers, and obviously you're applying to something that you believe you're capable of doing. And so in order to show that, your resume has to prove that you're able to go in that direction. Keep in mind, as I mentioned earlier, your resume is the gateway. It is the first thing that someone will see before having a conversation with you. So you have to be able to show that you're capable of doing whatever it is in this job. And the only way you're able to do that is by representing your transferable skills. So that is the first thing that should be at the top of your resume is showing your transferable skills. Okay. Got you. And then let's say you get the interview, you're happy, you're there. What Mm -hmm. are the secrets to negotiating salary? If offered a salary that you don't desire, how do you counter offer or negotiate for other benefits, i.e. maybe more time off, more of this, more of that? What would you suggest? The first thing that I always tell candidates, know your worth, Mm. right? You have just been offered a position, which means they have selected you as a person that they want to hire. So understanding that is the first thing. The second thing is hopefully you've had an in-depth conversation with the recruiter or the hiring manager where they've been able to share the full benefits package with you. Right now, some of the benefits you're just not going to be able to negotiate based on the company that you're working for. I know a lot of times the health benefits, that is a really hard one to negotiate. But a lot of times vacation time is negotiable. Working from home is negotiable. Your salary is definitely negotiable. Mm-hmm. And being able to understand some of the other perks based on the brand that you're working for, just knowing where you can flex. And your recruiter should be upfront and honest with you about that as well mm-hmm. during the negotiation process. Like, look, Canada, unfortunately, I'm not able to negotiate that. But there should be a return in in terms of you making sure you're happy walking away from an offer. And that's something that we should always think about when we are to offer stage. We should never accept an offer we're unhappy with. We should always be happy with our negotiation. I like that. And I have a follow-up question to that. It says, what does a conversation between an HR recruiter and a hiring manager look like regarding salary? essentially the behind the scenes and does a hiring manager and recruiter agree on an offer amount and then agree to a max amount if the candidate decides to counter offer? Oh, wow. All great questions. I've I've been in each one of these seats. I love this question. So once again, depending on where you work, a lot of times it will be a recruiter to hiring manager conversation. Mm -hmm. But for some of the bigger organizations, it's not their hiring manager. It's a finance counterpart or it's a business partner counterpart that you're negotiating with as a recruiter, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the way a recruiter looks at a candidate, at least the ones that I that I know, it's always a candidate first mind frame, right? We never want to hire anyone that we couldn't get the best number for based on the value that's represented out in the marketplace. Because if we do shortchange a candidate, which we don't ever like to do as recruiters, mm-hmm. then we have to stare at that person every day at work. And you never want to have a colleague that you know you've hired that you shortchange. Every recruiter that I know wants to make sure that they are bringing on the right person at the right amount. Mm-hmm. Because as recruiters, we are impacting lives. 
mm-hmm. right? Not mm-hmm. just the person that's working at the business, but their family. So if they're unhappy with the numbers, all that is a reflection on the business. And that person will eventually quit. And as a recruiter, we're in the same seat trying to find another candidate. I was just thinking that, that and, that could definitely affect your turnover rate. And our turnover rate is huge. And that's something we don't like to deal with as recruiters. And so it is in our best benefit and the businesses to find the right person for the right value. Got it. Okay, so we've landed the interview. Things are going great. My next question is, what is the best way to follow up after the interview? Email. I know historically it's always been like a phone call or a letter, but an email. And I think as long as you don't set the expectation for a response, you know you've done the right thing by sending an email and thanking the appropriate parties. You have done your job. Mm. And I think respectfully, you can always follow up. In a week or so, a week and a half at most, and just say, hey, really excited about this opportunity. Would love some updates or next steps. And I think a recruiter should be able to get back to you with next steps, whether they've got some great news or they don't. Okay. Like that. Another question just came in. What are some concepts or inquiries that should be worked into an interview that most people don't think about, i.e., Many people may ask about growth opportunities, but this isn't a particularly unique and telling question. I think a really creative, unique way that you can represent yourself in an interview is mm-hmm. thinking ahead as if you're already in the position. And great ways of doing that is presenting a PowerPoint deck, sharing some ideas, some very high level ideas, not mm-hmm. anything that you feel you'd be selling away and the company is going off to take your idea and make millions, but something really small mm-hmm. in, a, in a PowerPoint deck that's going to show that you're already thinking about what you would do if you were in that role. Got it. Love it. Okay. What factors beyond years of experience go into deciding how close to the midpoint of a salary bracket a candidate is hired at? Still, okay. I think... For a lot of roles, it just boils down to skill. And that's all that should be looked at, quite honestly. If there's anything else that goes into salary, then that is our huge red flag. We should purely be looking at a candidate's ability to do the job in which we're looking for. That is all that matters. Got you. Okay. Love it. Couple other questions that we still have. I'm telling you, man, people heard about you and they wanted to chat with you, man. They wanted to (laughs) pick your brain for real. When a recruiter tells a candidate there is tons of room for growth, what exactly and specifically are they talking about and how much do they take into consideration the individual candidate's career interests before they say something like that? I think when a recruiter talks about the growth opportunity within a business, hopefully it's not just a cold sell. Hopefully they're invested in the brand that they're working for and they've seen someone actually go through this growth phase, Mm -hmm. right? So Whenever I've told a candidate there are tons of growth opportunity, I really mean it. I've seen someone start where they are today, and I've seen them grow into a completely different role. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that is something that holds true to when a recruiter says that. Okay. And when applying for a newer or higher position, how do you stand out so that your application doesn't get pushed into a pile? Another great question. One thing that I noticed, when I review a pile of resumes, they all start to look the same. Mm-hmm. 
they're all using the same word template. They're all using just black and white. I think we need to be a little bit more creative in how we're positioning ourselves. Mm -hmm. I always think about it this way. Just imagine everyone wearing a black and white suit every day. Mm -hmm. How would you stand out? Would you continue to wear a black and white suit? Or would you put on a blue tie or red dress shoes or red glasses, such as myself? Do something different with your resume. Don't be afraid to step a little bit outside of the box because that is the only way your resume will stand out. If you had to print out 100 resumes Mm -hmm. to review them, after the 15th, everything would start to become a little bit of a blur. Right. So being creative with the type, making sure it's clean, positioning your name in a different place, creating your own logo. I don't recommend putting a picture. That is something... I always tell candidates to remove pictures. It's distracting. It's not something that stands out. It's actually a distraction. Mm. But just trying to add color. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of color, depending on what industry you're in. I think for some of the more buttoned up industries, it could be a little bit of a distraction. But if you're in an industry where you know that it's a little bit more colorful in what you're doing or the brand represents something a little bit outside of the box, then step outside of the boundary and show why you're different compared to someone else who may have similar experience to you. Got it. Love it. So, Chad, thank you so much for answering our questions. Appreciate that. That's it. I want more, Kevin. You want more? (laughs) I love these questions. I love talking about this stuff. Okay. Well, I mean, at this point, man, I think that the other one is, is that they want to know, when do you bring up salary? I think bringing up salary is a conversation that you should be comfortable having with the recruiter. You want to know up front whether you're wasting your time and the company's time as well. If you know there's a huge disconnect up front, I think having that conversation on the first call is totally fine. Because even if you might be out of budget for this particular role, at least you've established a conversation with the recruiter in the beginning, Mm -hmm. respectfully letting them know that this is not within your budget. But if anything else comes along, that recruiter already had a conversation with you, knows your experience, knows what you're looking for salary-wise, and can give you a call when that next opportunity arises. Awesome sauce. Chad, I want to switch modes a little bit and talk to you about you. You're also a trained artist, correct? You're creative. Tell us a little bit about your experience being creative. I know you have been in HR for some time now, but you're also a creative. You and a couple of other gentlemen have a podcast as well. Like, Talk to me about your creative side, man. Yeah, so before I jumped into HR, I was a creative. Mm -hmm. I spent a ton of time freelancing. I had an opportunity to work on some notable brands like Foot Locker and, and Subway, and it got to a point where I burnt out which happens for a lot of creatives. Some creatives, they keep pushing forward. For me, I think it was a turning point where I no longer wanted to be on the creative side, but I wanted to actually hire creatives. I still wanted to be in touch with the creatives. Mm-hmm. As an outlet, I still needed to do things that were creative. And so I painted, I've done some writing. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've always loved was content, whether it was video or a blog. One of my good friends, Thomas and Brian, we 
came up with this idea of, of a podcast and it's another form of content where we're expressing ourselves. Mm-hmm. We created this podcast called uh, Abstract Square Podcast. It's three guys having typical conversations that we would have, whether we were at a bar or a group chat. So we wanted to just make our conversations heard around the world. So that's how we came up with Abstract Square Podcast. Got you. Okay. And so what do you guys usually cover on Abstract? Oh, wow. We cover a number of topics. We cover live events that are happening, politics, marriage. Two of us are married. One is single. I have a child and I'm married. The other one has no children but is married. And the other one is completely single, no children as well. So we're all at different stages in our life. Mm-hmm. We always get to talk about these different perspectives. Mm-hmm. because I feel like for our demographic, it's healthy to have these conversations because a lot of times we don't get a chance to get that, wow, someone else is going through something just like I am, or wow, right. someone else thinks just like I do. That's what this podcast does. And we cover the things that men alike talk about, and we were able to talk about these things in an open forum without the restriction. Okay. How many episodes have you guys done? How is the show going so far? Oh, man, we are on episode 13. It has been really fun, really, really fun. We're getting ready to launch a new episode this Tuesday. We launch a new episode every Tuesday. We're on episode 13, and we sit down, we talk to special guests and doing different things in their career, and really exciting. We had a chance to sit down and talk with someone that started their own marketing company in the cannabis industry. So really excited to launch that one. That one was fun. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, Chad, you're on the show and I got to ask you these questions because no one can escape the Create Your Life series without answering these questions. Call it the Dolphin Tank. Are you ready to jump in? Oh, man. I'm a little nervous. You shouldn't be nervous. It's dolphin, not sharks. You know what I mean? So you're good. We have your best interest at heart. But can you swim is the question. Absolutely. Okay. Here we go. All right. First question. What's the top tech that you are using even at your job in order to make business run smoothly? Uh, the top tech that I'm using, I would say my phone. I know it sounds a little weird and old-fashioned, but I need my voice. I'm global, so in order for me to connect to someone on the West Coast or London, I need my voice. And in order to reach those folks, I need a phone. Okay, love it. What's your favorite quote or model that you live by? Oh, that's a good one. I would say my favorite quote or motto, that's a good one. I would say just do you, be you. I think that's important. In a world where we're all consumed by social media, it's really hard to just find you and do the things that you're comfortable doing because we're consumed by so much and we're controlled by so much. But step outside of that and just do you, be happy. I think that's just important. Once you've found happiness in being you, Mm -hmm. everything else falls in place. Okay, love it. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? Wow. I would honestly say my favorite book, I would say, is the autobiography of Malcolm X. I read that very early on in high school. And I just think understanding someone's story going from where he was as a young adult to where he was before his life ended shortly Mm -hmm. just really made me view life completely different. Mm. And that book, I read it, I can't count how many times, but that is just one of the books that I hold dear to myself. Okay. What are three things you would tell someone looking to create their best life? Three things. Surround yourself with people who have positive energy. 
Mm. I think that is very key is being around people who have positive energy. The second thing that I would recommend someone doing is establishing a relationship with God, whatever your God is. And the third thing that I would do that I would recommend is just be happy. Find happiness, whatever that is for you. Find it and hold it dear to you. Okay. Love it. All right. So, Chad, we actually have somebody calling in today on the show. Lauren, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Lauren, so happy to have you on. Thanks for calling in. Did you have a question for Chad? Hey, Lauren. Yeah. Um, hey, how are you? I'm good. You? Good. Thank you. So, my question is, how are companies working to eliminate bias? I mean, like, in terms of blacking out names on applications or just using someone's, what school they went to as a way to identify them? Yeah, so I know for every company that I've worked for, especially on the HR side, everyone has incorporated bias training. It's not a one-and-done course. It's something that's handed out year over year, especially as you establish new hiring managers. They've been required to take bias training. I know, for example, Starbucks, they had their bias training that they incorporated globally, and I know they shut down the stores, that training, I'm almost for certain, was already created. And it was just about getting it out to each one of those local stores to share. But there's training in place for that, especially at the brands that I've worked for. They're not just keeping the same stale trainings. They are updating them. They should be updating the bias training year over year. Okay. All right. Thank you. Lauren, did you want to give a shout out to anybody before you left? Uh, yeah, I guess just my buddies, Jeff and Marin out in Brooklyn. Okay. Shout out to Jeff and Mary. Thank you, Lauren, for calling in. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. All right. So, Chad, man, you are the man of the hour, brother. <laughs> People calling in. I believe she was calling in from California. Forgot to ask her. So, Chad, how do we keep in contact with you? And how do we find yes. the Abstract Square podcast? You can find Abstract Square podcast on iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud and please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy to answer questions when I can. Just search Chad Bennett on LinkedIn. You can find me there. Okay. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm looking forward to reconnecting. And if we have any more questions, is it all right if we send them your way? Absolutely. We should definitely continue the conversation. When I talk about diversity, I also want to talk about diversity in the workplace as well. Okay. That's important. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. All right. Well, Chad, man, thank you so much for being a part of the Create Your Life series today, man. Have a wonderful evening. All right. You do the same. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, my pleasure. So Create Your Life family, you asked for it. We brought it to you, the different ways to move forward in your career. And we had an HR specialist and expert call in and give us the expertise. People calling in from California definitely wanted to have their questions answered. So that pretty much concludes today's episode. But I want to tell you the same thing that we always talked about is feed your ambitions, be bold. And of course, as always, create your life. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. 
创造你的生活。Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. On skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.